You just look younger every day. Oh, man. It's funny how that works. I'm getting younger every day. <laughs> awesome. You gotta tell me That's how to do that. Tom Brady. Yeah. Yeah, well. Did, what do we know of Tom Brady's methods? Have those, do we have an update on that yet? Hands. <laughs> I have not gotten to that. I, I thought Tom was going to read it first. Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. Well, it's a simple deal with the devil. That's what it is. Yeah, he's got a real deal with the devil vibe. Uh, there is a point where it just looked like he started aging backward, and that might have been just been when he sold his soul. All right. We are This Is Not a Rebuild, a podcast about a team that couldn't possibly be in a rebuild because they've won seven straight Cactus Boom. League games, and not even an entire country could stop <laughs> them today. No, Canada. Forget about it. Yeah, no, nice the Canadians, the friggin' Canadians. Took well, the whole country just to score some runs against us. And and yeah. Canada somehow um kidnapped uh Freddie Freeman for that game. I saw that. Yeah. What the against, heck? Against teams made up of mere major leaguers, they sometimes don't even allow a hit, these Cubs. Yeah, um, that's right. So surely <laughs> we now live in the, the dawn of an age of glory. Um it is a, a rebuild time now for the Bucks, though, right, Deej? Because that streak died. So now they just have to completely start over from scratch. Six and one with Jay Crowder. So mm -hmm. we're still on the up and up. All right. Well, as long as we're not too broken up about the streak being broken up, the one we talked about nah. last week. No, it's one of those things that it's funny how many people say like oh thank god that didn't last until you know into the playoffs and then we lose a game then uh no yeah it, they weren't going to win that many games anyway so no. uh, let's get that out of the way eventually Giannis is going to rest like he did and i still won a game so yeah this team is just so good tom just so good yeah. it could happen again. it could happen again that's what i understand and then there's some guy, some college kid is about to break Pete Maravich's college scoring record or something. What's that going on with that? Anybody? Anybody? Seriously? Yeah. Was he a huh. fifth-year senior? Yes. He played yeah, five he, years. Maravich played three. He uh, got the yeah. uh, COVID year, I think. So, I don't know. And and also, don't Asterisk. teams play like Asterisk. six more games a year than they did in Maravich's day? Plus, Did he when score he played like fifty points a game or what? Oh yeah, he was. I don't know if it was that good, but he was. He was amazing. Who was? Who I mean, did he play he, for? LSU. LSU. Yes. Okay. Yes. LSU. Because huh. then, was he drafted right to the New Orleans Jazz, or did he just make his way there? Because it seemed like he'd just always be. I think he must have made his way there because he started. Wasn't he a Celtic or what was Maravich? No, it's. Uh, I want to say. Like uh, Golden State or something. Gosh. The old oh. Golden State Warriors. I don't know. I, I couldn't tell you. But, I mean, DJ, you should definitely uh, Google some uh, YouTube of that guy. He's he's amazing. 
I mean, I know the name. Yeah, but you got to see it. It's, did it it's... did it translate to his professional career? Oh yeah, yeah. Ooh, yeah. He had a really good okay. career. Yeah. He was not. I mean, not as great in the NBA as he was in college. Right. Um, but he was still. It's not like one of those guys who was only great in college and then he goes to the NBA and he's forgettable for five years or something. He had a great career. Um, well, as you can tell by now, we have the whole gang back tonight. <laughs> yeah, sorry. I missed uh, the Bob Dernier episode last week. Yeah. Uh, or what <laughs> you guys 20. you guys might call the Corey Patterson episode. The Corey Patterson, yeah. I, and it, at least one person in the world might call it the Miguel Cairo episode. But I don't know. It's probably just Miguel Cairo that would call it that. <laughs> which uh, Miguel Cairo had two or maybe even three stints with the Cubs. Which one did he wear 24? Oh, yeah, you just, I just went away from it. Uh, 1997. Okay. Yep. Sounds right. So this well, is 21, though. 21 is a big number uh, for the Cubs. Yeah. Uh, I would refer to this as the Greg Gross episode, but <laughs> probably the only one. Yeah. Um, and obviously, you know, the big number for that was Sammy. Oh, Mr. Right. Sosa, one twenty, wore 21 for, you know, a long time. But there's been 16 people that have worn 21 since Sammy left it and went to uh, Baltimore. Yeah. They've been... So, obnoxiously free with that number right <laughs> not not only are they not going to retire it they'll give it to almost anyone they force it on people yeah, yeah. steven souza you're 21 get up here i i think uh they did have i feel like a couple of years where they didn't have anyone wear it maybe jason marquis was the first one after sammy he was uh, yes yeah but then dj Milton bradley dj got oh, to really? see Tyler Colvin debut and get his first hit, the dawn of that Hall of Fame career. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. And he wore only if he only would have got the opportunity. Yeah. Surely yeah, that's so there's there's something weird going on though, but because in 2020, the following people wore number 21 for some period of time. Maybe it was one game, maybe it was all the same game. I don't know. Javier Baez. Victor Caratini, Hugh hmm. Darvish, Jason Hayward, and Steven Souza. Who knows? Junior. I don't know. It's weird. Was the, there a Sammy day that we don't know the, about? Or I don't remember. Yeah, really. The big hint, guys, is Javier Baez did it. Uh, uh, Roberto Clemente? Yeah. Oh, they, yes. They do Clemente Day in mid-September now. Okay, and, there we go. Yeah. I think any player is eligible to... Mostly, it's just guys who are either from Puerto Rico or are of Afro-Caribbean uh, heritage. But yeah, uh, so it's a, a little a little more strict than who can play on the World Baseball Classic teams. Slightly. <laughs> I'll tell you what. So again, going back to our title, this is in a very real sense. I feel like a time of rebuilding for my beloved. Team Puerto Rico. Uh, I don't love their chances this year. The bullpen's a little thin. Uh, they had Correa isn't playing because he's having a, a kid coming like any day now. Um, and Jose Miranda 
who was going to be their third baseman, or actually he was going to play first base for them. He'll be third base for the Twins this year. He pulled out with a bum shoulder. And uh, yeah, I, I don't think Team Puerto Rico is going to be as dazzling as I would have hoped. Nelson Velasquez is like their starting center fielder. Um, so it's a little rough there, but I'm getting excited. Games are being played. Yeah. Cuba lost already. Mm-hmm. I saw that against the uh, Netherlands, who are... Which is basically uh, Curacao. <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean, the Netherlands' best player is yeah. <laughs> the pride and joy of Apples and Wisconsin, Wisconsin Timber Rattlers, uh, Vladimir Ballantine. So, yeah. Uh, still playing. I, I looked. He played today. Yeah. And uh, Jonathan Scope and Jonathan Scope's brother, whom I didn't even know he had until until this World Baseball Classic. Scope, I don't think they played today. Yeah, either. They played – I don't – it's it's hard to tell what's today and what's yesterday because yeah. they're in the bracket that's over in Taichung. Um, but it's happening. It's all happening. All right. Well, here's the deal. Uh-oh. I have a question. Just sort of, it could be a springboard or it could just be a question for each of you this week, but they're all different. None of them are, are closely related or related at all. Uh, and so here we go. Dad, leading Uh-oh. off with you, since you weren't here last week, you've got to make up ground. Great. On the latest episode of the podcast with Joe Poznanski and Mike Schur, a listener sent in a question to them and asked them each to take a hundred points or a hundred percentage points. You can think of it as and apportion all their sports fandom to all of the teams they support. Wow. So, Great question. Oof. I want to hear you do that for us right now. Okay. Wow. That's tough. That is, that is really tough. Um, it would be easy for me to go 33 and a third for three teams. What's the third sport, Todd? Other than baseball, uh, football. Uh, University of Illinois basketball. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's only so, it, it, but you said teams, not sports, correct, Matt? Correct. Teams at either the pro or college level. So, however you want to divvy it up wow that's really tough especially right now uh illinois is you know forefront um and the bears really sucked last year um so i but, but i still it, it's still it's it's this is painful wow this is this is painful uh i'm gonna go with um wow I don't know what I'm going to go with. <laughs> That's a great question. <laughs> it is. A sign of a good question. I'm going to go with 40-30-30. There you go. 40 for the Illini? No, I'm just saying 40-30-30. I'm not going to tell you what they <laughs> Oh, you're not going to tell you. Okay. That's the apportionment. You didn't say. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Okay. No, so I'm going to go 40 Bears and 30-30 Cubs and Illini. Okay. Now, were you an Illini fan, Todd, before our time in Champaign? Like when you no, were... okay, no, I was not. Margie converted me. 
pretty oh. heavily. Uh, and, and, you know, just, you know, that's where we've been. When I was a kid, uh, I was a pretty big Bradley, uh, Bradley Braves fan for, for college basketball. Actually, I wanted to. I wanted to go there. I wanted to go to school there at one point, um, but my my desire to uh, play football and not go to class sent me to a different school. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> smart, <Fair laughs> smart. Enough. I don't know if it was smart was exactly the word I would use there, but uh, anyway. So yeah, forty thirty thirty bears okay. cubs, and oh, so uh, let's do it this way. Actually, forty. Uh, 31 29 bears cubs Illini. okay now deej i i think i can i want to guess at yours a little bit because i'm pretty sure you've got bucks first cubs second no 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 bucks Ooh, bucks packers cubs and then a little bit of badgers in the mix i don't you don't have to count team schuster or whoever that the curling team is because they only <clears throat> exist every four. Okay, years. okay. No, I think you you pretty much had it on your first one. So, um, I mean, football is probably my third favorite sport. So, um, it would be it would be Bucks, and then the Cubs would be right behind them, and then it would be the Packers, which are not a, not an insignificant amount. So let's say. Oh gosh, let's yep. say 40, 30. You're an accountant, so you got to get this math correct. 40, 39, uh, 21. Okay, does okay. that add to 100 guys, or do, do we <laughs> yeah. need to send DJ back to accounting and school? I, and I'd give the, the Bucks 40. I I mean, I'd, I grew up watching Bucks basketball even before I decided on what team was my favorite baseball team. Cause I, I mean, I grew up with, um, you know, my grandma's a Cubs fan. My dad was raised a Cubs fan, but he was in Wisconsin and it was okay to be both. Uh, mm-hmm. They were not in the same division or the same league. Right. And back then, then once you get to, uh, I don't know, fifth grade, then it's a big deal where everyone decides in school, you have to pick. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was, about the time where Sammy was pretty, pretty fun to watch. So yeah. it was it was a pretty easy call. <laughs> yeah. And not only um, was Sammy fun to watch, but so for listeners, fifth grade for me and DJ is like the year 2000. Mm. The Cubs were bad, but the Brewers were a special different level of bad. Yeah. And oh, yeah. the Cubs had Sammy. So that made the call a lot yeah. easier than it otherwise might have been. Yeah. And it really yeah, was because... kind of forced by that like schoolyard like rivalry, right? Like you you can't like two teams that play the same sport. Yeah. Right. Right. But think about it. If it think about if the if the Brewers had been a little bit better, that might have t- converted both of you guys. Because Matt was pretty flexible when it came to fandom as we crossed the state <laughs> line into Wisconsin. And Brett Favre was, you know. Lord and King of all <laughs> things green. So you know, basically we crossed the state line in our big moving van. And Matt is suddenly a, a huge Packer fan. So if, mm-hmm. if so, Sammy had been a brewer, look what could have happened. Yeah. I mean, for real though. I, I don't think I would have had as an, as easy a time 
glomming onto the Cubs uh, if Jeremy Burnett's was the right fielder all along. <laughs> Even when That's he showed true. up in 05, I didn't find him easy to root for, per se. <laughs> <laughs> I think Wrigley Field itself just kind of cemented that decision, though, too. And that's, and so that's my, no knock on Miller, Miller Park, American Family Park, whatever you want to call it. I want to call oh, it even Miller for that county. Ooh. Yeah. Uh. My, uh, my first ever major league game as a sentient human was, I just, it was in 95 or 96. I don't remember which, uh, but I just got invited along with our neighbors and went down to a Brewers twins game at County stadium. And the fact that my memories of that game are, very sparse and the memories of my first game at Wrigley are incredibly vivid um it's it's has to do with a whole lot of different things at once but certainly part of it is just that county stadium was Uh, was awful it, it was well look I I think in the way that a lot of the stadia built in like that 50s ish uh range were were fine for what they were. They were a place to get together and watch a game. They, they weren't designed to have a whole bunch of extra amenities or anything. It was good in that way. It, it supported the Braves when they were there in the 50s very nicely. And it even welcomed the Brewers back and, and held up fine through maybe through the 80s. But by the time I got there in the mid-90s, that place was way past its use-by date. and. Yeah. Uh, really had been lapped by the field. Um, so yeah, that that definitely made the decision easier. First major league park to be built with lights, County Stadium. Really? Yeah. As All opposed to having a retrofitted. retrofitted or anything. Hmm. I didn't know that. Actually, your first uh, game was at was also at County Stadium. Uh, you were probably two or three. And uh, uh, we had suddenly you're we were visiting uh, Wisconsin. We did not live there yet, obviously. Um, and uh, your uncle Richard uh, Davis had come across or had actually planned all this. And uh, we had tickets to Brewers Twins doubleheader. Uh, so it was, it was, you know, it was one of those days, County Stadium in the bleachers. It was like 117 degrees. But <laughs> um, yeah, it was a good, good time. I didn't know who to root for. I just watched baseball at that point. It was American League. Right. It was a different world at that time. Never yeah, yeah. Didn't even recognize half those dudes. Back then, I think Tom referred to the American League as uh, quadruple A. <laughs> yeah, I, I still have a problem with the American League, but I, you know, I try to tamp that down. Good man. There really is no difference anymore, but no, there, there used to be. Yeah. Every difference that once existed has been wiped. Now you're going to play systematically every team in the American League every year from yeah. now. Yeah. Right. Tom, my question for you is completely in a different vein. So here okay. we go. Uh, I, about a year ago, in fact, almost exactly a year ago, I read a book by Questlove, the one of the two for the roots yeah yes exactly and listeners who haven't don't remember this or just catching up to us tom is a great drummer an avid drummer 
and fan of drumming, uh, Questlove's book is great. And he, one thing he wrote in there that has stayed with me, I, I won't quote it perfectly because I don't have it, but this is a very close paraphrase. He's, he was talking about the concept of cool within music, how you can hear cool. And to him that it was staying just far enough behind the beat to control the tempo without letting on to your listeners that you were doing it for your own benefit to be in charge and to stay within your capabilities. And I've been thinking about that a lot as I watch ballplayers try to play baseball with a pitch clock on where it's like you can see these guys who have gotten used to controlling the tempo by slowing things down and now they have to find a different way to dictate the tempo when everyone else also has a say in it when there's an objective meter to stay to now uh, some guys are having a very difficult time adjusting uh, they had a certain level of cool this like this psychological thing that I think they were using that is it's a tool that's been taken out of their their tool belt. So what do you think about that, Tom? Oh, oh, oh. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting for the, Come on, the, Tom. I was waiting well, for the definitive question. Um, <laughs> yeah, as, as I think I mentioned maybe last week or the week before, there are going to be players, uh, tell me if I'm not addressing the question, but there are going to be players who are going to stink from here on out. And we don't know who they are. I suspect they know who they are, but there will probably be a few that that are surprised themselves. But um, this rhythm, you know, as you say, as you know, Quest Love talks about in his book, uh, is a real thing in all sorts of walks of life. And certainly... You know, timing is a hitter. Timing, you know, when you come to the plate and, and the, the the few seconds that you use, you know, 100% of your concentration, it's not something that can be elongated, it is subject to rhythm. And yeah, it's going to have an effect. I don't know what it's going to be. I don't know how many players it's going to be, but there are going to be guys who stink, who will not adjust to this. They will not adapt because they're unable to. Was yeah. that the question? Pretty much. Okay. Pretty much. I, I really no, but let's go with that. That, that uh, <laughs> quote ever since I read it. And I immediately, instinctively, I remember writing it down and thinking, this will someday apply to baseball or, you know, to something I'm watching on a baseball diamond. But I didn't realize how soon and how broadly it would apply. Because uh, it does just feel like that ability to control the pace no longer belongs to any one person out there. And so, you know, it, when you're performing together musically, you're working as a team. So if you are trying to control the beat a little, but, you know, one of your bandmates is pulling you along, well, you go along with them and you, you know, that's a, a push pull thing. You're trying well, to Tom, accommodate each other. Tom used to get on us when we would rush, which we yeah. often did because we were, you know, we had no talent except for Tom. Um, but now there's a fair amount of talent. Uh, it's just, you know, Jeremy and Greg have gotten a hell of a lot better. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm just not there. But anyway. Not, that's not true, Todd. We'll, we'll drop a link in the podcast to the latest songs. Yeah. Uh, By the way, the, 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 
the slap at the Academy Awards last year. Uh, <laughs> who who was that? That was uh, Will Smith. Will Smith, Smith slapped um, Chris Rock. Chris Rock. Chris Rock. Um, that impinged on the the following speech, which was Quest Love winning for a documentary, which is excellent. I would watch that documentary if you. Oh, really? Can mm-hmm. yes, it's uh, about the so-called Black Woodstock that took place. Oh, yeah, yeah. In and uh, I, I think it was Harlem. I think it was in Manhattan. It was Harlem. It, I don't think it was in Bronx. I think it was in Harlem uh, in the late '60s and was almost completely forgotten. And mm. uh, you know, he unearthed this uh, the footage. I don't know who shot it, but you know, he kind of took over as a director and he assembled it. And it's it's excellent. It's just very well done. But uh, mm. yeah, that's what some people were saying was you know. Now, Quest Love is not a director. This is something new that he went into. But there are people who wait their whole lives to get on stage to, you know, right. to have their thirty seconds to, you know, exclaim to the world their their joy and to get the acclamation and to give out their thanks. And everybody was just standing there watching him, thinking, "Was that real? That we just was that thing? Was that, was that a put on? Yeah. Did he really get slapped? You know, <laughs> so. that's it." Uh... Questlove actually has a little bit of a, uh, it's, do you guys know the Nick Castellanos meme where uh, back in 2020 when Tom Brenneman was caught on a hot mic and then had to basically apologize and retire on air um, (laughs) because of it. And in the middle of his apology, Nick Castellanos hits a home run and he stops in the middle of his seemingly heartfelt apology and calls the homer. (laughs) Um, yeah, that's right. <laughs> and thereafter, people have been documenting times that Nick Castellanos hit a home yeah. run, and it, it was just very close in time to some other awful right. event taking place, or you know, yeah. uh, <laughs> like someone went back and looked, and he had like two homers on the night we killed Bin Laden, or something like that. <laughs> you know, it's it's just Nick Holy Castellanos crap, hits a home run, to re- and, and somewhere in the re- world. Something bad's happening. He needs to retire for the betterment of mankind. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, he tried to do his best last year by being really bad. Um, mm. That was his his contribution right. to humanity. And it was a better uh, year for humans. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> right. Um, but I, I was saying that because in the book, the Questlove book, which he this was before the the slap last year. It was written during COVID. He was. Uh, one anecdote he relayed was that I was like maybe 95, 95 sounds about right, right in that range. Um, I think it was the VMAs, the Video Music Awards. It might have been the Grammys, but one way or another, big award show and the Roots won a, a major award uh, and Questlove got up there and everything, but no one remembers the roots winning that night. What they remember is Snoop being on stage, just popping off about East coast, hating West coast. And after the show, there was this big brawl and you know, it, it was all leading. It was one of the discrete events and sort of the stair step up to Tupac getting killed. And so (laughs) Questlove's got this thing where just, we have to root against Questlove whenever he's up for an award because clearly, <laughs> clearly, it's not a good sign. That's um, good. But, mm. but anyway, Man, so, no, to, 
to your to your question though wait real quick uh, the question about um uh, you know an example of how people are gonna might suck um and and whether or not you can control the tempo i saw a video of of a guy who basically get was he was struck out like within 20 seconds of get coming mm-hmm. to bat i mean basically the pitcher was really controlling the tempo because this guy was so nervous about getting caught out of the batter's box he'd jump in the batter's box and the pitch would be on this way and uh, so he had basically bang 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 three strikes you're out 20 seconds he threw the bat across the, well, I wow know. i mean it was you know it's there's going to be some unintended consequences of of these things yeah. um and and it, it's actually probably just that batters and pitchers are going to need to learn how to control what they can and not be necessarily controlled by the other. So, and anyway. yeah, that's the thing is the difference from music as an example is that this is an adver- adversarial situation. Right. You know? So right. Yeah. one guy tries to slow things down. The other is going to try to speed things up within. No, uh, in the voodoo death bunnies, we had a guitarist who was kind of an advers- in an adversarial <laughs> position. Was. I was going to say our band was a little <laughs> adversarial actually. Yeah. But- well, a lot of the we all got along are. really well. We just there was yeah. Anyway, there was just some things that artistic differences. Joey. There were some things that were going. There were differences. Yes. How artistic they were is. <laughs> yeah. So now, now since everyone got asked the question, do I get to ask Matt? Sure, if you've got go one. for it. Yeah, yeah. Okay, you get a hundred points, and you have to spread them over three items which i will explain to you next Uh oh cheap easy relatively healthy tasty meal choices okay (laughs) so okay i i'm choosing three basic meals that are cost effect and but you're not like give it's not a multiple choice question i can choose any of them right right has to constitute a meal okay dj's asking this because i tweeted today that uh the most underrated sandwich on this planet (laughs) is peanut butter and banana on toast wheat toast uh and not can you guys can can you guys see me we cannot okay I, i can't figure out how to do that but i just like grimaced and threw up in my mouth a little bit so um yeah underrated yeah uh, you're part of the underrating of- i'm underrating yes as, as yes. for as far as i can <laughs> i i don't claim that it's the best sandwich that would be outrageous there are incredible sandwiches in this world many of them take a long time to make properly uh or cost a lot of money or aren't that good for you um but also you know some of them are still better but what i'm saying is peanut butter and banana on wheat toast man you can do it in three minutes or less it if it costs a dollar it's only because you used really really high-end bread and peanut butter Uh, (laughs) or high-end banana a really good knife well yeah the, the organic bananas sure uh and it's got some protein, it's low in sugar, it's got fiber. So 
that's a that's a very nice uh meal option i'm gonna slap 40 points on that right away whoa, just whoa. right <laughs> off the bat man 40 oh, points well first of all i don't know i I don't know whether DJ thought I had an entire list of these, but I don't generally eat all that well. If I did, I would have a great list. But I tweeted that because this is something I've found recently that that works. Uh, and that's what Twitter is for, actually. Well, yeah, that's tweeting stuff like that. That's why I want to hear the next two, you know, <laughs> which you've got to come up with off the right. cuff. I, these these just barely count as meals like that. That thing that I just described to a lot of people would be a snack, but you make two of them and you're definitely set for yeah. a while. It's Next filling. one is uh, Greek yogurt with blueberries and granola. Uh, mm. Preferably, preferably some honey or vanilla flavor to the granola mix, but unflavored greek yogurt that's what i've found in terms of managing the sugar content again very cheap very quick covers every base you need i mean greek yogurt is a great way to load up on protein and i really like it but that that, that one's a little bit of an acquired taste so no nope, i'm yeah. with you solid okay and uh, i guess the other one would be broccoli coleslaw with, <laughs> <Come> <laughs> That's uh, so. DJ tweeted back earlier today when I when I tweeted that out, and his his uh, suggestion was broccoli coleslaw with I don't remember sunflower seeds topped with cottage cheese, uh-huh. Frank's hot sauce, and sunflower yes. seeds. And I'm with all of that. My thing was, what is broccoli? I'm with coleslaw? none of that. That is not. That's not. That sounds like something that you, it's it's like you found it on the top of the garbage. Hey, this is probably still edible. <laughs> just, yeah, gonna... just mix it up like a salad. I mean, that's all basically on a salad bar. <laughs> My big question okay. was, what is a broccoli coleslaw? How is that different from regular coleslaw? It and sucks it... compared to regular <laughs> coleslaw. That's how. <laughs> no cabbage. No, but it does. So, okay. It's more like broccoli and me... carrots. You sent me a picture of a bag of, it does say broccoli slaw on it, and then it lists three ingredients right underneath, which are broccoli, carrots, and red cabbage. And I'm like, okay, that's okay. that's just what regular coleslaw is made out of. <laughs> You're just emphasizing the broccoli. It's like a marketing scheme. It's I just feel- very, very limited cabbage, more yeah. broccoli. All right. Yeah. Well, okay, I like so from cabbage from all of coleslaw this myself, but. From all of this, I have two questions. <laughs> Number one, do you think we're losing listeners right now? <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we'll cut this. Don't worry. <laughs> Number two, I don't... Did we Did we hear... Did, I missed Tom's breakdown. What was Tom's breakdown? His fandom Blackboard. breakdown? Yeah, um, didn't you hear your 40-30-30 or whatever? Well, he had broccoli coleslaw. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure he didn't. Maybe he did, but... Oh, I I just I can't remember what yours was. So I guess no, I question, your, he didn't get asked it. Oh, you got the other yeah. question. I just, okay. I just sorry. asked sorry, him sorry, to give sorry. us an essay on quest love instead. Okay. Yeah. Everybody's yeah. getting something a little different. Yeah. Luckily I had multiple choice and Tom got stuck with the word problem. 
if two trains are traveling opposite direction. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I uh I think those are my my two big go-tos honestly. I would have to sit here and think too long about a a third one. So those are my suggestions. All right. Uh, okay. And at this point, having lost every possible listener that we had, <laughs> uh, I think it's a good time to take a break and we'll come back and do probably some slightly more Cubs focused talk, but you never know in just a moment. And we're back. And uh, yeah, I've successfully squirmed off the hook of DJ's question. So now we can go ahead. So that break was brought to you by Broccoli Coleslaw. Yes. (laughs) Broccoli Coleslaw. Different. We have been sucking since 2022. With the right landscaping, you can grow your own broccoli. (laughs) Wrong landscaping. Broccoli is not something we've tried in our garden yet i don't think we need to turn this in fully into a gardening podcast but yeah that's probably not a good idea this will be a a 100 gardening podcast by the year 2020 (laughs) yeah it's we're slowly moving that way so did you guys see the catch that pca made against the rangers yesterday i can't wait till that guy is a starter for the chicago cubs oh my crap It was inhuman. It was just not, it wasn't possible. The, the jump, the distance he went, he covered to make that play was phenomenal. It's fun game so far. It's fun. I think he has potential. Yeah. (laughs) Our, our ex gold glove outfielder hit a bomb the other day too. Uh, Bellinger? No, no, no. Yeah. Or our ex. Oh, not a cub anymore. You mean? Yeah. Are you talking about uh, um, Hayward? Yeah. You're yeah. kidding. Wow. Good for yeah. him. <laughs> I wish him no ill will. I'm glad he's not a cub, but I wish him no ill will. <laughs> yeah. Same, same here. Yeah. yeah. How about that? Good for him. Good for him. <clears throat> yeah. The Dodgers think they've fixed his swing. Stop me if you've heard this before. Jason Hayward thinks he's finally found something. Okay. Uh, yeah, I think the I, uh, Braves said that once upon a time, didn't yeah. they? In the Cubs. It's, and... Uh, and again, love the guy, love him, and uh, also he's thought is he's thought it was all fixed every spring since 2017. You know, he would come in and and there will be as there is this year. There's a noticeable change to like his setup, but once he actually starts moving there's that same weird hitch in his in his hands and then the swing it's still like like his arms are just overextended and the bat at a weird angle by the time it gets to the ball so unless all that changes and i'm not sure how it would at this point uh i'm not expecting a an all-star season but what is i he do about think 35? the dodgers can do some stuff with Hayward. How, how old the individual is uh, Jason Hayward? Well, like like Hayward, Matt and I are both entering the prime of our... Ah, I gotcha. Okay. I, yeah. I think he's a couple years older, but... He is, in fact, uh, like five months younger than us. August wow. of 89. Yeah. Wow. So, I think yeah. we did this once amongst us, but we asked you two younger of the four 
to pick the player that you predict will be the last player in the big leagues who is younger than you. Oh, Wait, is yeah. that right? I always I always formulate this wrong. Who's older than us? Who's older than you? Than yes. older, yeah, yeah. So yeah. who who that player will be? That's and they're I would imagine they're playing now. Oh um, yeah, definitely. You know, yeah. unless they're like a thirty-eight year old rookie or something. Yeah, but, that would be that'd but, be a truly incredible story. Yeah, but, but who 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 is that? Who who is that player? Who who's got a usefulness that they're going to be able to play till they're forty-four and a half? So I'm it, trying to, I'm trying to think. To, how does that work again? It has to be a player that is playing it, right now. He doesn't have to be playing now. He's probably playing right now. <laughs> yeah. Um, but he will be the last big leaguer who's older than you. So that in your mind, you still have a chance to be a big leaguer. That's <laughs> I gotcha. I gotcha. Was, was it what we had this BTS. time when we were young and uh, we were pissed off at either Daryl Strawberry or Doc Gooden. I don't remember which it was. Oh, well, that's the other thing. The first guy's younger than us, right? right? Yeah, the guy yeah. that came in younger than us. Yeah, probably. It might have been Gooden. I yeah. think it was Gooden. Yeah. yeah. And the first. And of we had Jamie Moyer as the guy who kept the dream alive for us for years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he, he made it easy for people for a while. Mm. Him and Julio <laughs> Franco, I guess. Um, but the first guy younger than us into the league was Starlin Castro. Really? Uh, That's the first guy. How about that? Yep. Wow. Okay. I would predict just because he just signed a six-year contract extension that takes him through like age 42. Uh, I think it might be you Darvish, who is the last person older than us who's hmm. in the majors. Um, but I don't know. It's a good question. To you know, guys like I think Kershaw is very slightly older than we are. Um, like by days, he's older. Than Kershaw's him. that young. God, it seems like he's been around forever. Well, that's yeah, and it doesn't seem like he's going to be around a lot longer. So that's probably not a good guess. But yeah, he's he's the quality of player who could hang around into his forties. You know, based on the quality of his career, but. At this point, it doesn't feel like it's going to keep going that long. So my official guess is Darvish, but only because there's a contract locking him in place. For, <laughs> you know, uh, and even then, realistically, a lot of that is the Padres sort of fudging the, the luxury tax number. The Your number for the competitive balance tax threshold is the annual average value of your contract. So they gave him like 108 million in new money earlier this spring. And if they did that over four years, well, he's costing them 26 million a year. Doing it over six, now it's like 18 million a year. But they might perfectly well think of the last two years of that deal as dead money that they know will be dead when they get there. So, yeah, I don't know. Do you have any guesses, Deej? I think it's Bobby Bonilla. Isn't he still under contract somewhere? <laughs> so, well, it was. I I assume that the payments stopped or sunset. Oh, they sunsetted actually just last year. Bruce oh, Sutter got the oh. last payment from the huh. Braves, and then he died a few months later. Oh um, wow! Literally, he did not 
every July 1st, he was getting an even bigger payment than Bonilla for longer. Who, who's this, like Matt? Bruce, Bruce Suter. Yeah. Oh, how about that? God, that's really yeah. incredible. It was like 30 years of deferred payments. And then before he even saw the next July 1st, after the last one was issued to him. Uh, last one was 28 bucks, too. It was <laughs> kind of... Yeah, they, yeah, I did a big contract back in 1982 it was a lot different than now. But you got, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was, it was with interest and everything. I, I think he was getting more than Bonilla's getting. I think it was like two point something million every year. I think wow. there's some money in this baseball racket. I'm telling yeah. you. Yeah. It's a good <laughs> career choice if you can get into it. Yeah. Uh, did you guys see though that we got sidetracked? Cause I thought DJ was talking about Bellinger, but he was really talking about Hayward. But did you see Bellinger's Homer today? No, no, just took. I mean, it's it's Team Canada. They don't exactly have a deep bullpen, but he finally hit his first homer of the spring, and he just keeps looking so good. I mean, cool. I don't think MVP Bellinger is within the realm of possibilities, right? That that particular level of greatness is not coming back. But all hey. the you know, that's all he needed to, to hear. That's all he needed to hear. <laughs> that's going up on, that's wrong, on the uh, <laughs> it's writing uh, it on the wall. Yeah, right in the wall. Matt Trueblood. Uh but comes out against me. I'm gonna out. show that son of a show him. <laughs> Great. Hey, if he hits 275 with 22 homers uh and bats a good number six, I'll be very, very happy. Yeah. Well, I think I mean all spring he's been hitting third in the order and if he keeps hitting this way that's where he's going to start and he's going to have to struggle his way down i think i think he's basically you can pencil you know even heavy pencil him into the heart of the order at this point which would be a great outcome for even a pretty hefty price tag and free agency um you know who's also been swinging it who's that trey Oh, yes. Mancini old horse. Yes. So we, we might have some things going here. Yeah. Yeah. I'm liking it. Spring training is always an indication of what the regular season will play out to be. So always, always. So I'm yeah, feeling pretty good. good. We can That's why this like game winning record. streak is so important. Yes. <laughs> right. <laughs> no hitter. Uh, number three catcher hits two home runs in a game, or maybe he's not <laughs> even the number three. He might be the number four catcher. I don't know. I think he'll be starting in Iowa. That's you know. Oh, okay. All right. Well, number one in Iowa. So. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Hey, who are we talking this? about? DJ Higgins. <laughs> no, he's gone. Luis Torrens. Yeah. Torrens. Mm. That one. That guy. <laughs> that guy. Okay. <laughs> Mrs. Torrance. <laughs> and he's not here, Mrs. Torrance. <laughs> that freaked me out when I was young. Yeah, when, when he steps in the batter's box, he's right now. <laughs> <laughs> hey, if he can hit, I don't care. I don't give a damn. He's creepy as he wants to be. Yeah, he, he's got the shine. He knows what pitch is coming. <laughs> Scatman. <laughs> It's good that we have such timely references on this podcast. Really I think is. any t- any time really that is. we're going to break out, yeah, yeah, you can't hey, you can't keep a a show this savvy down. Stephen King wrote a, a, a sequel to that 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 book, and it was it's recent. It's within the last two three years. So, all right, after sleep. Well, 
I don't see anything else we can do now than stop and recast The Shining with modern actors, understanding that there's a sequel to with which to do it now. Yep. Probably going to happen. They're doing that uh, with Harry Potter, I hear. Yes. They're going to redo Harry Potter. And I <laughs> think. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Is that a joke? No, I just read that not that long ago. In fact, first thing I thought of is Sorkin needs to, to talk about some Ron Weasley time. Man. Yeah. Are they, um, they going to change the ending? I, no, I think it's probably just they're just redoing it like they do with the Spider-Man. Every, every 15 minutes, there's a freaking Spider-Man movie. Yeah, it's a I, different I never, guy. I never yeah. understood that either. I, yeah. um, um, they redid, reimagined whatever and re-racialized um, uh, Scooby-Doo and uh, I've never seen, uh, like, it's hard to bring the country together, you know, but that is reviled. <laughs> it's, it's, it's being played out now. And uh, with each episode, New Week, it's like Americans just uniting in the hatred <laughs> of that. Like, Scooby-Doo, why couldn't you just left alone or just make it good, you know? Yeah. 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 It's good, though. It's I mean, something to bring us together. Yes. There are some things that were not perfect perfect would be a terrible word to use for it but were the highest form of what they were that they could possibly be in the 70s or the 80s like right please god stop making new teenage mutant ninja turtles movies you're yeah. not gonna find a new recipe for teenage mutant ninja wow. turtles that soars above the movies from the 80s or even the animated series from the 80s and 90s that was really good and everything anyone's tried to do with it in the 25 years since has been really bad. So I have this vision now of of Sean Hannity and Rachel Maddow arm in arm coming out against the new Scooby Doo. You know, it'll be it'll be awesome. <laughs> it's not that far from it. <laughs> it's so because okay, it's it, my understanding is the showrunner for it is Mindy Kaling. It is, yeah. Uh -huh. She's getting a lot but, of shit for this, boy. Right, Mindy just <laughs> is this the one where where Thelma and uh, and Daphne are lesbians? Yeah, yeah, everything. Just imagine it, and that's what this is. <laughs> everything. Yeah. It's yeah. So oh, and 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 Shaggy is uh, like an actual drug head, right, or something like that. I, I don't remember. I haven't seen any of this. It's oh, the irony is like he's the only one who doesn't do drugs or something. <laughs> oh, yeah, that could be it. Yeah. And the dog didn't even show up. They weren't even sure if he was going to be in the season. He finally shows up. Okay. It's All like, right. what the so, hell? Let's have Gilgan's Island without Gilligan. Let's just do I, that. <laughs> I mean, you know. Have you? Okay. I, I haven't seen this show. But I want to say that a version of the show in which it always feels like you're waiting for Scooby, but he never actually shows he never up, actually shows up. It's a version yeah. I would watch. I just got done saying, give up on trying new things, but try that new thing. Yeah. Fact, give me the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Only Leonardo is always off screen. No Leonardo. <laughs> and there's a. I, I hate to just keep coming back to Twitter like that's the real world, but. If you guys haven't seen it, you need to. Someone for a long time would publish uh, Garfield without Garfield. Garfield comic strips where whatever Garfield, Garfield himself and anything he had said would just be taken out of the strip. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty funny. <laughs> That's pretty good. <laughs> and some of them were just killer. Really, really good. You almost wish that 
someone was just doing this all the time. Um, so like you have three panels and you just have the owner and he doesn't do anything. He doesn't do anything. And then the third panel, he goes, oh, Garfield or something like that. That's yeah. the, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I like that. That's, that's pretty funny. <laughs> if you could do that with a an entire television series, I would be, I would be down for it. <sighs> well, I don't know what we were even talking about before. I think I had some thoughts on Cody Bellinger's swing, but they are. They are buried under a lot of other stuff at this point. <laughs> Scooby-Doo crap. I'll pick the player that I think is going to be playing for a long, long time that's slightly older than me. Oh, okay. Do it. Let's hear and it. And it'll be Cubs adjacent. Actually, Cubs okay. adjacent. You're tying Cubs. it all together, DJ. Yep. At least I'm pretty confident this guy's a Cub now. And he might be our closer if I might not be mistaken. Uh did, did we not get Boxberger? Oh, yeah. Oh, he's like he's not much older than us. And he's kind of got that. I mean, relief I don't want to say like he a has bet. a Fernando Rodney vibe because Fernando Rodney has a vibe, like an yeah. energy and, a, you know, personality and stuff that Brad Boxberger does not emulate. But personality disorder. <laughs> <laughs> but. Boxberger has that same profile of good fastball, not overpowering, decent little slider, really good changeup. So he can get lefties out consistently, which you're always going to want a righty reliever who can get lefties out for as long as they stay healthy and and going. So I like especially that. with the That's with the rule good. changes. That I mean you yeah. can't just can't just uh, go specialty anymore as much. I don't I don't know my actors or actresses. So I just took a little bit to do some research while you guys were going on your tangent. Right. Instead of trying to find one. the next Scatman Carruthers. Yeah. That's, yeah. I feel pretty good about the time true. I spent. Do you? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Scatman Carruthers is an American treasure. <laughs> I'm not saying that the time he spent wasn't valued. Right. I <laughs> I exactly what That's all said. I'm saying. <laughs> For for a for a minute there, we had DJ's podcast without DJ, so it was. <laughs> right. That's fine. We're doing me. a meta comment on what we were doing while we were doing it. I thought that was... well, we're kind of doing a Cubs podcast without talking about baseball yep. much. The last Almost. two episodes, so we're, we're, we're yeah. very close to that. Which yeah, I, was one of my goals thing. for this. Good thing for our listeners, though, there will be baseball for us to talk about soon. Real, yes. real baseball. Yeah, we keep saying that. Pretty soon we're going to have real baseball to talk about. Real baseball has started. Spring printing has started. We're still That's talking true. about Scooby-Doo. So, um, Not still. We were only talking about real baseball back before there was any baseball to talk about. <laughs> I know. And now we're on Scooby-Doo. And, but I like I love Scooby-Doo. I love this I, stuff. So. I have no complaints <laughs> with our formula. I'm feeling better and better about this all the time. <laughs> freewheeling as our as our leader or listenership is that a word yeah Grown talk to all? us about the uh, growth of Big the yeah. podcasts uh, well uh, i mean last how many week hundreds we, are we talking about now last week we talked about exercise regimens and then <laughs> someone emailed us a whole bunch of recommended exercises so right. yes right I, yes thank you a, a diving stop by steve field and sent us some a stretchy band. What are those things called? Resistance, Resistance band. Resistance yeah. band. Yes. Yeah. Thank you, Steve. 
Yeah, and in and, true Todd fashion, I mean, that's all you could send us. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I know. That's it. <laughs> that's it, Steve. You could send what money or fruit or yeah. something. Still, yeah, well. no, no one has invited us for lunch. Um, Steve, <laughs> would ben. you invite us for lunch though, Todd? Especially like with what Matt eats. I mean, yeah, no kidding. Okay, so on. This is something slightly different than an on-air production meeting, but I want to pitch something to you guys. <laughs> because, uh, you know, we, we have our baseball get-togethers every summer. Uh-huh. Um, and this one would take some serious doing. Okay. So I'm, I'm saying that right up front. But last summer, we went down to see my brother-in-law who lives in Wabasso, Minnesota. Tiny little farm town. And we stayed at their place and most of the reason we went was just to attend on a friday night a town ball game oh this cool. is not this is not like uh you know semi pro this is not those summer wood bat leagues where you get discovered if you're way under the radar prospect there are no prospects in this league this is farm dudes getting together you know, and, and rural, small town, Minnesota, they play for the team of the town they are from. And they just like this. The ball field was a walk up the street from his house. And they just play in a ball field that was cut out of a cornfield. I love that. Uh, yeah, It was phenomenal. And it's a whole different. It reminds you of how very different baseball can be from major league baseball because in mlb right iq matters you know being aware of situations doing the little things right all important talent's going to win the day 90 percent of the time but when you are playing out there with a bunch of guys who you know there's a lawyer and a dentist and three farmhands you know a lot of it comes down to is this a situation where maybe if we start a runner from first, they're going to make a goof trying to pick him off and our guy from third can just walk home. Stuff like that comes into play so much more. And suddenly it's the game just comes alive in a weird way. It's obviously worse baseball, but it is a lot of fun because it's still competent adults. It's not like, you know, it's not like watching T-ball either where the, the calculations are all different, but just because it's a comedy of errors, these guys can pick it and throw it and field it. But it, all the all the marginal calculations we do when we're watching high level baseball are just that enough different <clears throat> that it changes everything. Also, there is an incredible burger bar right between <laughs> his house and the field uh, that would probably probably has several sandwiches better even than a peanut butter and banana on wheat wow. toast. That, that so, ain't saying much, really. That's, you know. Well, we, so we're going to record our podcast at this oh, place. A live show, yeah. Yeah, we're going to do a live show. Yeah, I yeah. look forward to that. Yeah, maybe a couple in, of live in, shows. In Wabasso, Minnesota? I, Somewhere. I thought for a second you were just talking about the Czech Republic World Baseball team. <laughs> <laughs> or the Germans that Tom I, saw. I there? would love to get Team Czech Republic out to Wabasso, Minnesota to just play their town ball team and see what, what that looked like. I'm pretty sure the Czech Republic would win, 
but it'd probably be closer than you'd think. And that's the fun part. All yeah, right. I'm game. I'm easy. I and think cheap. before I steered off into yet another diversion, digression. Oh, I was going to say that, you know, in terms of listenership, it, it's still fluctuating, you know, widely, but within small numbers. We, we are a double digit number of listeners show, and that's fine with me because I'm a quality <laughs> over quantity guy, as long as we're still getting exercises. And as long as we get at least one good recipe out of this, this week's show, sure, I don't see why we need to demand any more of it than that. Um, but for now, I think we'll steer back to our tried and true formulas so that we don't let down our study listener base that we do have. I've got a random cub of the week for you guys. Okay. Brad Boxberger. It's not because he hasn't technically been a cub yet. So he's not eligible. This guy only played one season for the Cubs. This, by the way, is, yeah, DJ is going to get this one. I can feel it. This is, this is his week. The season he played for the Cubs was 2013. He was a catcher. 2013. He played 89 games, had 266 plate appearances. He hit 300 with a 365 wow. OBP and a 492 slugging. 13 homers, which was a career high for him. Just that one year. Johnny Estrada. What? Johnny Estrada. No. Wasn't he a Cub for a short time? Maybe. Maybe. I'm not sure. How many, how many games you say he played? 89? 89. 89. So not, not a starter. Or not the starter. No. Yeah. he. I think that was mostly Wellington Castillo that year. But obviously he shared time and won more and more time as the year went on. Um, could, so where did he go? Where did he go then? I don't remember, to be honest with you. Nowhere important, kind of died away. He was very much a journeyman. It played like a decade in the majors, but I mean, 13 homers was his career high, so that tells you something. You said that been, was 2013 roster? Yeah. And he was a switch hitter. Now, Tom has said many times before, and it's true, 2013 was the nader of this last rebuild. So it's it's dark, but he was a bright spot. He was fun, and for that year at least, he could really hit. Steve Clevenger? No. There's very little that was fun about Steve Clevenger as we Let's see, you're you're kind of dancing around the right type of person, though, aren't you? I know. I think I am. We're looking for a switch hitter. He was 5'9", 259. 5'9". Holy cow. Cubs have had good uh, backup catchers, fun backup catchers over the years. Jake Fox. Jake Fox. Love that guy. Love that that guy. He was fun while it lasted. He was probably a Cub for a year. Yeah, but a year. This guy was a real catcher, like not like a he kind of played catcher. He was a real of, catcher. It was he, like Schwarber. <laughs> yeah, he had been an All Star with the Rays in two thousand eight. So he was a starter somewhere else. Yeah. Yep. 
played several years for the Rays, then was a, a journeyman backup starting in about 2011. Played for the Dodgers, the Reds, that one year with the Cubs, a couple of years with the Blue Jays, and ended his career uh, by being traded from Toronto to the White Sox in 2016. Wait, he was a he was a Ray before us. Mm-hmm. I got Montero in my head. Um, he he, somebody... You're kind of the Ray expert. I don't know why I have that in my head. You know the Ray. I know, I know, I know. Um, like Montero, he was Venezuela. Yeah, it was. Okay. Yeah, see, you don't know what number he was, do you? Lobaton no. or something? Lobaton? Luzardo or Lobaton? Lobaton. Wow, that's a good you're one. thinking of Jose Lobaton. That's not him, but it's not a bad guess. He came later. Man, he wore Have number named... thirty. Huh? Thirty. Hmm. What about thirty? That was his this jersey is... number. Uh. Mm, boy. Who played for the Rays? Who played for the Rays? And you said this was just one year with the Cubs. Yes. Yeah, Did DJ. Goes... I mean, this guy caught the great Andy Sonnenstein. So I don't know why you haven't already figured it out. <laughs> you did love that guy. I, yeah. No, I. After, I mean, after I... he left the Cubs, you went where? Toronto. To not play, and, and, and he went. No, he went there to start, didn't he? I didn't he leave? believe so. So yeah, yeah. Yes. God, I know this. With the Cubs, he only had those 266 PAs, but he had 13 homers and hit 300. So that earned him a decent deal with Toronto. The next year, he would play 139 games, though not all at catcher. Um, and he was still productive. Not not great, but productive. Wellington Castillo. No. No, he was he the was starter. The, he was at least the... The plan was for him to be the starter. As the year went along, this guy got more and more of the reps. So how did we get this guy? His name. He was a free agent. And he hit 300 with 13 home runs. That's like a season. Yeah, no kidding. And then we That's... just let him walk. In 89 games. In 89 games. 89 games? Wow. We just let him keep walking north. I do believe, hey, and I'm he's a catcher to... that didn't go to the Brewers. So what the hell? That's why we don't <laughs> know. Him. Yeah. Um, just ran out. It of seems time here, surely. Seems like his name's like Noriega or or <laughs> Manuel. You're Noriega. getting closer and closer. <laughs> what if I told you guys? Yeah. That on May Vermont. 29th of 2013, this guy hit three home runs at Wrigley against the White Sox. What? So why the hell didn't we keep him? Well, you know, there were other games. Yeah, it's it, his name starts with an N. It starts with an it's, N? It's yes. an Nelson something. No. Uh, but anyway, he's from Venezuela. I don't Did know if it's his first or name? last name, though. Is it, his is last name does start with N. See? What? Damn it. Number thirty. I'm, no, I have no idea. Not Narvaez. Not 
Narvaez. Wait, that's really close, isn't it? It it's, is. It's pretty darn close. It's not Narvaez. Not Noriega. Not. Damn it. Yeah, I don't think I'm going to get there. It's not uh, Omar Narvaez. Nope. But it sounds like it. <laughs> but spiritually, it, it feels like it kind of is, but no, it's yeah, not. I mean, that, that, I wouldn't have ever pulled that name, but when you said it, I thought, well, that's got to be it. Because it, it, the cadence is right, too. His first name is is two syllables like that. Maybe three. Yeah. In English, we'd pronounce it three syllables, but in Venezuelan Spanish, you do kind of make it into two. Yeah, well, that doesn't help me. <laughs> Wait a minute. What? I don't know. Yeah, I don't. I just don't think I'm gonna get there. No, it, it's something like Omar or Nomar. It, Nomar, it, even when he doesn't get it, I am <laughs> lord by how good Dad is at this game. I gotta call it. Uh, so this yeah, time for our up. other segments here. It's Dioner Navarro. Oh. Damn it. Yes. Okay. Okay. Oh, God. That, was I, big, that was a big boy. I didn't realize he was only five nine. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Husky. Husky is a good way to describe Husky. him. Wow. I should have got that. One of the bright spots in a dark year. I think that's one of the way your your mom referred to me the first time she saw me. She asked Tom, <laughs> "Who's your husky friend?" Who's your husky Tom. friend? Or stocky. It might have been stocky. Oh, not remember. not a bright spot in a, <laughs> a dark, <laughs> <time>. dark year. <laughs> <laughs> no, not a fresh spot in the dark here. It's like, wow, that's really nice for her to say that. Yeah. Really nice way of saying, who's that fat guy? Uh, of course, I was standing right. next to Tom and Jeremy, who were like 6'2 and 114 pounds each. But what was the answer to Margie? Do you remember my answer uh, to her when she asked me who that fellow was? My studly friend, Todd. I said, your future husband. <laughs> did you really? Okay. No, I did not say that. But what if I did? <laughs> what if perfect. I did say that? That would have been, would have been something. Perfect. <laughs> but just imagine. Imagine yeah. if I'd have said that. Actually, what he said was, that's Greg Miller. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Gosh, I hope Greg's not listening. Yeah. Well, we should tell him about this. I think he'd get a kick out of it. Statistically, the probability is low that he is. We should uh, add some listeners. Do some marketing. We need to do some well, marketing. Well, it's 50-50. He's either listening or he isn't. So That's right. <laughs> Holy crap. That's a great thing. One right? out of a billion earthlings listen to our podcast regularly. That's not bad. Hey, wow. we're, we are well over one out of a billion. Are we? Really? We're like yeah, over seven we got people, listeners? Okay. Unless oh, you we've said got double digits. Yeah. people listening two or three times, I mean. Right. <laughs> and uh, one of our core listeners adores... Uh, weekly horticulture tips and was very sad to miss out on them last week. So dad, ah, lay one on. Okay. Well, I've got a really simple one. Uh, and this is um, something that's been bastardized a, a number of times. It's sometimes called a Chinese proverb, sometimes called a garden proverb. Um, but it, tonight we're going to call it a Todd proverb. Um, so, and it's very simple. Uh, there's, the best, the absolute best time to plant a tree was 20 years ago. The second best time to plant a tree is today. Wow. I like so, it. So 
Um, G- D- DJ, did you get your street tree already, or is that coming in the spring? No, next month. Okay. So um, plan to plant a tree. Uh, and if you think you've got too many trees or you've got enough trees in your yard, you are incorrect. You need more. Almost. Uh, you don't need necessarily a, a big, huge shade tree. You don't need to plant an oak. You can plant uh, something ornamental and look for things that are not uh, that that are are out of the ordinary. Uh, I've probably said this already once. We're 21 episodes in, and I've already lost all my memory. Um, but uh, throughout the Upper Midwest and, the, and most of the country, ash trees are just they're dying. They, they before uh, in your two lifetimes, if not in Tom and I lifetimes, ash trees will be no more. Is that um, right? Yeah, they the emerald ash borer is just killing them all. Now there are ways to wow. to uh, prevent that and things that you can do to uh, treat your tree to keep that from happening. But if, I think eventually it's just going to get. I think it's going to get them all. But so don't plant an ash tree. Don't plant uh, necessarily a maple tree, especially the the fast, sexy maple trees that everybody wants to plant because they grow quickly and they they've got a good fall color. Look for something odd. Uh, look for something different. Go to a, a reputable uh, garden center instead of Home Depot. Sorry, Home Depot. You've got a lot of same old, same old stuff. Go somewhere and find a muscle wood or an iron wood or a, uh, uh, oh, I'm going to say a maple tree and it's not coming to me, a paper bark maple. Something that's not in... Uh, in with the realm of everything else. Like DJ chose a ginkgo to be planted at his house as opposed to a uh, um, you know a red maple or something like that. So plant a tree today. If you can't plant it today because it's too cold, plant one in April, which is the uh, Arbor Day is in April. <clears throat> or if you can't plant one in April because it's too cold, then plant one in May. And if you can, plant two this year. I like it. All right. DJ, do you have a tax tip for us this week? I do. This one isn't really going to help you save money, but it's going to save you time. That's money. Some people would say that time is money. (laughs) That's right. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I would say that. So, so people often ask, do I need to provide my medical expenses? Uh, Do you need my charitable receipts? Um, Am I going to take the standard deduction? Am I itemizing? Do I even need to bother gathering all this stuff when I'm just going to get my standard deduction of 27000 or whatever for a married filing joint couple? Probably don't need to bring that stuff in unless there's three buckets, four buckets that you need to pull from to get over that 27000 if you're a married filing joint where you start getting the benefit of now I'm itemizing I'm not taking the standard deduction. First, you have taxes, which is going to be state tax, property tax. That's limited to $10,000 total. Next bucket is your mortgage interest. So depending on where you're at, that could be a small number too. Then it's charitable. And the other number is 7.5% of your AGI of medical expenses. It needs to be more than seven and a half percent of your AGI. So if you make a hundred thousand, uh, 
it's going to have to be more than $7,500 before you can start taking that into this bucket equation. Four buckets you're filling up to try to get more than $27,000. So if you have property taxes of 10, a mortgage interest of 10, charitable of five, you have to have $11,000 of medical expenses out of pocket. So dogs are being crazy. I got to grab them. I'll be right back. That's my tax tip today. You probably don't need to provide charitable or medical. Okay. That's interesting. Yeah. I know TurboTax goes up every year because that's what tax because I'm lazy and it's easy. And, um, but I notice it's gone up every year and it's like 80 bucks now just to do the, you know, simple no frills one where they don't advise you or anything. And I don't really want advice because my taxes are pretty set every year with, you know, the things I need to do. But um, yeah, it's, it's getting expensive. Yeah. Well, it's like, isn't the IRS doing some similar thing? If you've got simple taxes, then you can just go on their website and do it straight on, right on there. And I think, I don't know, where's DJ when we need him? I think they that should. Be- and I wonder, can you do a tax? Can you do it on paper? Can you <laughs> get a form printed off and mail it in? Do they even do that anymore? Does it have to be electronic? Uh, no, I think you can. I, I was at the library not that long ago and they had their, you know, every year they get this suddenly these big piles of all the yeah. forms that people collect. So they must yeah. still allow. Oh, that. you That's still a thing. How about that? Yeah. Wow. But uh, I, this can be a conversation for another time. And I'm sure yep. DJ could tell us more about it, but they certainly have everything they need in terms of capacity to make it much, much easier to file your taxes and to do it straight through the IRS. But TurboTax is an extremely influential company uh, lobbying Congress, and they make sure that that's not how it goes. I know. Isn't that a drag? I mean, uh, uh, most of the advanced world look at horror at our tax system, like how we have to do this painful, difficult thing. Yeah, uh, I know in Germany, they do it for you. They send you something and they say, does this look right? And so you can just go, yeah, that's that sure. good, work. or I'll, I'll tweak this. Uh, and plus their tax code is just, you know, infinitely uh, more simplified than ours because we have all these lobbying groups, you know, who right. want various things. But um, yeah, it's it's pretty gross, but there's so many entrenched interests that, you know, what are you going to do? I feel it's like we don't have a tax expert on the podcast. <laughs> I feel like we're well, that, talking about it behind his I back. Know. When he shows up, we'll just stop talking about it. <laughs> we are, we're getting perilously close to tax day. And I think uh, just on the I, other side of that, we can have DJ convert the tax tip segment into an entire tax rant. I'm sure. The tax rant. Up. Yeah. Uh, He's going to start naming people's names. And this <laughs> son of a bitch was trying to take this and this and this. <laughs> in the meantime though tom do you have a fun fact or anything to share with us tonight? yes i do i'd like to just very briefly uh mention the longest double header on record that was sunday may 31st 1964 between the mets and the giants and the double header uh started off fairly benign it started at 9 52 in the morning and the first game was a conventional nine inning game and it was two and a half hours long the second game was 23 innings, though. Yikes. So if you're one of the 57,000 people who showed up for this doubleheader, um, 
you had baseball from 9.52 in the morning till almost midnight. <laughs> and what's fun about that, that long game, I mean, there's all sorts of things you can say about long extra inning games. This particular one has a couple of asterisks. One, Gaylord Perry pitched 10 innings of relief, and that was the first time he doctored a ball. I was going to say. <laughs> I was know that watching the game, but yeah, he later on says, yeah, that was the game. You know, he's pitched against the Mets. Who cares? They were terrible back then. Right. Yeah. Um, uh, Willie Mays played shortstop out of necessity. Um, there was a right. triple play. <laughs> All in this, you know, 14 hours of baseball. It's like um, a whole a fan lifetime. Isn't that something? One day. Yeah. Because I've never seen a triple play. I've never I'm, seen 10 innings of relief. You know, yeah. Holy crap. Um, and what was interesting is Ed Crane Poole, along with a lot of players, played every inning. So mm-hmm. he played 32 innings. But the day before, Ed Crane Poole was a minor leaguer and they had a doubleheader and he played both games of that doubleheader. <laughs> Holy cow. So he played 50 innings of baseball in two days in two different cities. Wow. Just glad that happened. And I assume it was on Memorial Day if they got 57,000 people there to a game. Yeah, May 31st. Um, right. It must have been a Memorial Day thing. It was a yeah. Sunday. So, um, but it's just good that it that happened in May and not in July or right. Yeah. Rainpool might have keeled over by the end of. <laughs> It, it was the seventies. They would have said, so, so "Get your ass up and get back out there." Yeah, sixties even better. Yeah, sixties yeah. true, true. Sixties, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wasn't even born yet. It was on May thirty first. No, no, no. I still had the, you know, five weeks or so before five weeks showed of, up. of crucial gestation, developmental time. Yeah, <laughs> yes, yeah. developmental time. Yes, it's the last time you want to rush a prospect. Um, <laughs> And Todd was touted back then. There's no doubt about oh, it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. High yeah. hopes for this kid. Yeah. I was the first round draft pick for my parents. Were you for your parents? Yeah. That's great. That's wonderful. Yeah. 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 What they then, trade to know. get that pick anyway? Uh, <laughs> Their timeshare sure. in Florida or? Uh... Yeah. It was uh, Coldwater, Michigan. So there wasn't oh, okay. much going. Oh, that's right. Yeah. That's why you pronounced egg, ag. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. <laughs> well, that's. That is a good one. And uh, I want to see whether at some point they do bring back scheduled doubleheaders in this brave new world with the pitch clock, making sure that those yes. the days at the park aren't as long and uh, trying to play every team every year creates a hey. few more difficult schedule things. Right. I could kind of see it. And if they're not scheduled doubleheaders, they're they're just going to be have to be doubleheaders because I'm sorry, Baltimore is not getting back to, you know, right. Colorado anytime soon. So, yeah. but what they'll they'll do seven inning doubleheaders. So, uh, oh, that went away, right? So that I hope that was the Look. thing they put in for COVID and got rid of last year. So, okay, I hope so. That's Good. awful. I yeah, we're keeping so, the wh- automatic than- runner and extra innings, but getting rid of the seven inning doubleheaders. Other than that, uh, 1991 or 92 doubleheader uh, at County Stadium, uh, what I don't think we ever saw one, did we, Matt? I have, have you seen a doubleheader? Tom? I've never seen ends one. of a doubleheader. 
in my yeah. memory. Now we did have um, that super long game that we didn't show up until what? What? When did we actually get there? <laughs> yeah, we, the we were driving day. and 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 trying to figure out where to park and all that. Yeah, the yeah. traffic Armageddon the, in yeah, Chicago. The, yeah, yeah. Uh, Ron Sano was late for the game. Right. Right. Yeah. yeah. It was yeah. the last day of the 2006 season. Um, really? Was it that. really? I don't yeah. remember that. Yeah. Because yep. you and, had the girls uh, with you, too. It was like a whole family thing. Oh, yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Cubs were out of it. They were playing the Rockies, who were out of it. I am sure that, you know, no one there was overly thrilled to be playing, as it turned out, 14 innings. But we had to ditch the car in Evanston and take yeah. the L down to the game. Yeah, just right. The, the uh, traffic was horrific. The solace yeah, that we took was like Ron Santo showed up in the third or something. It was just, just what was happening. So did yeah. you guys we see nine exactly innings nine innings of ball? Oh, yeah, we did. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Wow. I, uh, I've never attended a doubleheader. I think the longest game I've been at all the way through was maybe 13 innings. Um, there was a game what I was I was covering a game for or not necessarily covering the game itself, but I went to a game on a press credential back in 2019 between the twins and the Red Sox here in Minnesota at Target Field and was interviewing people for I think it was a piece on outfield positioning. doesn't really matter. So I'm there and I, I wrote the entire piece I needed to write and I'm watching the game unfold. And the to get home in any kind of convenient way to my place out here in the suburbs, uh, you can't stay through the end of an overlong game. Uh, our mass transit here in the Twin Cities just isn't up to that. Um <laughs> at least to getting me within walking distance of my house and, you know, all that. So I left in like the eighth inning because there was no reason I needed to stick around any longer. Um, actually, I think I stayed through a twins rally, an improbable one that tied it in the ninth. And then I was like, okay, I got to dip out of here. And then I remember like three hours later, I'm back home. I've gotten on the bus. I've ridden it up through, you know, and it's one of those late night buses. So it makes every possible stop. And I've hoofed it home and I'm on like my third basket of folding laundry. And I am <laughs> still listening to this game because it went 18. Oh, uh, wow. And it didn't end oh. until sometime after like 2 a.m. Hmm. Uh, those are the things that we've lost with the automatic runner. But yeah. Those yeah shows. and yeah those will yeah i mean yeah you're not just not going to get those games anymore i mean it's just so many things would have to happen for it to go that long right? it's it's nearly impossible and it's also just I, you know i i don't love some of the changes that have made this true you know the changes in the way pitchers are used and stuff but we did reach a point where it no longer makes sense to play a game that long when there's right. going to be another game the next day and maybe it's 13 games and in 14 days and the bullpen's already tired coming into this thing. And now you're going to play a 19 inning marathon. Right. Again, 
I think teams should have to just wear that. And, you know, that I wish that they were in any kind of position to handle it, but nobody is. So practically speaking, I think this makes for better baseball, better experience for fans and players. Um, have you seen a stat, Matt or Todd, uh, what percentage of those uh, ghost runners score? I don't know that. I have not, no. But I know it's that lower the, than I thought it was going to be. I thought they were almost do you like know automatic the runs. What's that? Do you know the number? No, I do not know the number. No. Yep. I know I mean, it's, it's less it's than 50, isn't it? I think it's less than 50% who score. But because only one, you know, if, if only one scores or one and a, a friend scores and one half, in, you know, it's over 50% that now end after 10 innings. So they've achieved what they wanted to achieve yeah. with it. Right. Because it's it's still frequent enough that it it ends the game one way or the other most of the time. So well, we've let this one get out and it might just be our longest episode yet. Better shut it <laughs> down here. Uh we'll do the quick housekeeping. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, find us on Spotify. This is not a rebuild. You can subscribe to the show, rate us, review it review the show write down whatever you think we're doing well or poorly um, go easy on those reviews other wild digressions or uh tell us to cut that out although <laughs> i don't know how much success you'll have with it you can give it a shot send us your recipes do all those things uh we are on twitter at not a rebuild i am writing a bunch of stuff about baseball again now at good primarily right now at brewerfanatic.com but keep an eye on northsidebaseball.com. There's going to be stuff coming down the pike in the next couple of weeks on that Thanks front. Soon. And uh, we'll be back next week. There will continue to be Cactus League Baseball. There will be World Baseball Classic Baseball that involves, you know, that will be roughly in our time zone so we can watch it in theory. And uh, we'll discuss all of that then. Until then, take care. <laughs>